Hello, my name is Meg. Welcome to the Unedited Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. The goal of this podcast is to help you both develop and enjoy the habit of daily Bible reading and prayer. About 20 years ago, at a very low spot in my life, I was convicted to begin this simple discipline, and I looked up years down the road to see how God had used this habit to heal deep places in my heart and do incredible things in my life. And so over the years, it's really become my greatest passion to help others get to know Jesus through His Word and through His presence. Through this podcast, I'm hoping to help you see the Word of God with fresh eyes, to learn to slow down with your Bible, and ultimately to fall in love with Jesus and to fall in love with your Bible. So thank you so much for joining me today. I'm so incredibly glad that you are here. Thank you again for joining me for this little Father's Day unedited podcast edition. I actually had something entirely different um, recorded and was going to post for today. And when I woke up this morning, God just really redirected me to talk about him as a father. And so these are just thoughts in no particular order literally something I voice texted while I was driving. I'm out of town and I'm recording with AirPods. So I apologize for the quality, a little um, different than my normal mic. But I just wanted to remind each of us that God is a good father. And he's not a slave driver. He's not a cruel taskmaster. He's not somebody waiting to kick us out of the family, but he is a good, loving fathers and good fathers Even imperfect human fathers love their children at all times. Even if they are not pleased with their performance or their behavior at a particular moment, they still love them. Bible tells us in Psalm 134 that the Lord pities us as a a father pities his children. And that doesn't mean that because God's our father, he's just dishing out candy bars and never has to discipline us. The Bible tells us who the Lord loves, he chastens. And so love does not always mean permissive, permissiveness, but sometimes it does mean divine discipline. And when we experience divine discipline, it's a sign of God's love and affection, of his desire to work with our lives, to shape us into his image, to shape us into what he wants us to be. The Bible tells us that if earthly fathers know how to give good gifts to their children, how much more will the heavenly father desire to give good gifts to them that love him? I love this passage of scripture. It says, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat, neither for the body, what you shall put on. The life is more than meat and the body is more than raven, more than raiment. Consider the ravens, for they neither sow nor reap, which neither have storehouse nor barn, and God feedeth them. How much more are you better than the fowls? And of which of you, taking thought, can add to his stature one cubit? If you then be not able to do that thing which is least, why take ye thought for the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow. They toil not, they spin not. And yet I say unto you that Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. If God so clothe the grass, which is today in the field and tomorrow is cast into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O ye of little faith? 
And seek not what you shall eat or what you shall drink, neither be doubtful, be of a doubtful mind. For all these things do the nations of the world seek after, and your Father knoweth that you have need of these things. But rather seek ye the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. And I love this verse. It says, Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. It is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom, to give you the things that you have need of, clothes and food to care for you. You are a part of his family. And we see a picture that Jesus painted with his own words in the parable of the prodigal son. When we have failed God, the enemy is so quick to tell us that sin and failure disqualifies us from the family of God. And while we certainly do understand that sin does separate us from God, and if we do not repent of our sin and deal with our sin, it will send us to hell for eternity. We also see the mercy of God portrayed in the story of the prodigal son. That father held out hope for a son who had taken an early cut of his inheritance and was wasting it in a foreign land on riotous living. He continued to hope. We see that he was looking for that son to return. It tells us that when that son was yet a great way off, when his frame just came over the horizon, that dad saw him and ran to him. And this was not a son that was wasting his father's money on accident. This wasn't an accidental mistake or a failure that he just stumbled across. This was very intentional, willful behavior. But Jesus painted this picture of this father with his own words, waiting on the porch, the pain that was portrayed in that wait, waiting for his son to come back. And he, again, he ran to him. And if we've intentionally walked away from God, or maybe even just fallen into some sort of sin or trap that our own flesh or the enemy has laid for us, God is waiting for us to turn around and repent and to walk the road back home to him. And when he sees us heading in his direction, he runs to us. The Bible tells us in James that we are to draw close to God, draw near to God, and he will draw near to us. And I just love that picture that Jesus chose to paint in his words of the heart of the Father, waiting, watching. Even when that son was away from him, even when that son was living in failure and in a sinful lifestyle that went against what he had been taught in the house of his father, that dad loved him, that dad was holding out hope. And so many today struggle to understand the love of a father, maybe because they had an absent dad or a neglectful dad or an abusive dad. I hope that that is not the case. But God is still the one who heals the father's father wounds. And maybe you had a dad who was physically present or emotionally absent. And so many times we take that picture of our understanding of a father and we transpose it on God. And we cannot do that. We have got to go to the word of God and say, God, what did you tell us about me, about yourself as a father in your word? And we have to let the Bible paint the picture of the kind of father that God is. We have to take a picture of what we would imagine the absolute best, most amazing human dad to be. 
a dad who is loving and gentle, who tells dad jokes, who cracks himself up with his dad jokes, who, a dad who's providing for his family and caring for his family, a dad who snuggles and laughs. And we have to multiply that by millions. There's a verse in 1 Corinthians, it says, because the foolishness of God is wiser than men and the weakness of God is stronger than men. And I would add to that, the love of man doesn't even compare to the love of God. Not saying it exactly like the verse says it, but just that concept. There is no human who can love in the way that God loves in his truest, deepest, most loving form. The Bible tells us God is love. He's the author of love. He's the origin of love. And again, the love of a human dad, the best human dad cannot compare. And so we have to take that idea of the best dad and transpose that on God and allow his word to inform us of what he's like as a father. And there will come a day when he is going to sit on the throne as a judge, judge those who have not been washed, haven't had their sins forgiven. But right now he is a father to those of us that have been born again into his family. And he's longing for relationship with you. He wants to spend time with you. He's longing for you to do the things and foster and strengthen that relationship with him. Again, he's not a slave master with a whip. He's a father with a heart full of love and he wants to spend time with you and he loves you. And I just want to leave one final thought. He's a father to the fatherless. The Bible says that. And maybe for one reason or another, you have felt like you are fatherless. God wants to be a dad to you. There is no hiccup, no hang up, no issue, no struggle that you have that can change that. He desires to be a father figure in your life. And he is the ultimate father. And he loves you with an everlasting love. And if you have children, you know that even when they fall, you still love them. And there's going to be seasons maybe in their adult life where maybe you won't see them for a long time, but you still love them. And I don't know where today finds you, but maybe you just needed a reminder that God is your father, that he loves you, that he's fighting for you, and he pities you just as a father pities his children. So thank you so much for joining me for this journey. I hope that all of the dads out there have a great Father's Day. If you have questions, you can visit MegUnedited.com. For now, go grab your journal and your Bible. Maybe look up some scriptures on God as our Father. The Lord's Prayer starts off with the phrase, Our Father which art in heaven. Thanks for bearing with these disjointed thoughts. Happy Father's Day. Happy Friday. This is unedited. This is for you.